Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rap back where you at. On. It's the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, December 27th. Week 17 rankings coming at you. And I'm glad I waited an extra 15 minutes before hitting record because we had some very interesting news coming out of Denver with Mr. Unlimited himself getting benched for the final two games of the season, Russell Wilson. This kind of feels like the... Derek Carr at the end of his time with the Raiders thing. And of course, it was Jared Stidham there as well. He'll be the starter for the final two games of the season. Though this does not mean this is the end of Russell Wilson's time with the Denver Broncos. Essentially, the the breakdown here, so he's going to get $39 million next year. But if he is hurt uh, before essentially March of 2024 here uh, in, in a couple months then he would have $37 million guaranteed. Uh, so guaranteed for injury. Remember, NFL contracts, guarantees don't mean guarantees always. This would be guaranteed for injury. So it would be a way of making sure the team doesn't have to pay that out. So there ultimately isn't out for the team. It is what it is. He's going to be on the Denver Broncos next year, and uh, there's no change there. But it does change the rankings a little bit. As we move into this week. So let's dive into it. A quarterback. I'm going to stick with Jalen Hurts. Even though the play hasn't been spectacular. He does have 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. For a quarterback. That's a lot of extra points there. And does get a tasty matchup against Arizona. Dak Prescott at number two. So with Dak Prescott right now. It isn't the best matchup. But it is the projected highest scoring game on the slate. And by a good bit. The over under right now is 53 and a half. Uh, for that showdown against the Detroit Lions. Josh Allen at three. He is the number one scoring fantasy quarterback this season, although Jalen Hurts is right behind him. New England, my only concern about that game is if it ends up being a bit of a blowout and we see a lot of like James Cook in the run game, maybe a little Leonard Fournette. Uh, no, don't don't get carried away there, but that's the only concern. Uh, Lamar at four, playing spectacular football and putting up big-time fantasy numbers as well. That game should be very fun against Miami. Brock Purdy at five. I do think he plays this week. He has the stinger. I don't have a practice report as of right now for Wednesday. 
But it is an important game for the team, and I think that's something that we do need to consider. Not even I think. I know that's something we need to consider at this time of year. If San Francisco holds serve, they win their next two games, they get the bye. They're, they would be 13-4. and four, They'd be the number one seed. They'd get the bye. If they lose one of those two games, they open the door for either the Eagles or the Lions. If both the Eagles and Lions win out, although the Lions do have Dallas, if they both win out, then the Eagles would get it. Obviously, if the Eagles drop a game to either Arizona or the Giants, then the Lions would get it if they won out. So there are some moving pieces. It's pretty darn important, and I do think Purdy plays. Patrick Mahomes at six. Uh, it's funny. Like So obviously, it's been an up-and-down season for Patrick Mahomes. He is still an incredibly good quarterback. His offense, not so much. Yes, he's made some mistakes here. Hey, it happens over the course of an NFL career. Not every season can be historically good. But it is funny because I did have a couple people, and one in particular was quite vocal on Twitter, and you know how these types are, talking about why fantasy analysts keep ranking him as a top 10 option. Well, because he is, but we're actually not addressing the true problem here. The true problem is, why did you draft him in the second or third round. That's where we ultimately set ourselves up for failure. It's not a draft strategy I would recommend. Getting these top guys, you know, I guess if you had Hurts or Allen, it hasn't been terrible, but there have been a couple bumps along the way. Your expectations are enormous when you draft a quarterback in the second or third round, and it's really difficult for any player out there to meet those expectations. Whereas if you went middle round, okay, I don't like that approach either, but say you had a middle round guy who exceeds expectations. Okay, now you're you're pretty happy. You're not frustrated. If you get a late round guy who exceeds expectations, you're ecstatic. And it makes the game a lot easier to play when you aren't frustrated constantly 24-7. So it, it's one of these things, yeah, we can complain about it, but we also, if we set ourselves up to be disappointed, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be disappointed. Justin Fields at 7. It isn't an easy matchup for Justin Fields this week, uh, but you know against the Atlanta run defense, but he can put points on the board regardless. C.J. Stroud at eight, so he is back in practice or expected to be practicing today. I would I would think that's going to be a limited. Likely goes full tomorrow. Likely clears protocol on Friday, and we're good to go. Kyler at nine, great matchup against Philly for Kyler. Baker Mayfield at ten, playing his balls off this season. Really excited to see this man. He was basically written off. It was one of those, okay, he had one good season, and yeah, maybe he'll end up being a bust as the first overall pick. But now, all of a sudden, it looks like he he's not only the present, but also the future for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I love this story. I absolutely love it. Okay, well, I originally had Russell Wilson at 11. I will not be ranking Jared Stidham there. So at 11, Matthew Stafford playing great football down the stretch for the Rams. And as of right now, Nick Mullins at 13, though, or at 12, that is, but we don't know if he's actually going to start. There's a possibility that any of the three could start. I think Mullins gives them the best chance, even though he had four picks last week. He definitely gives Justin Jefferson the best chance, so we should be rooting for that this week. Right on the outside, looking in, Jared Goff, Tuatunga Bailoa, Jordan Love, Joe Flacco as flex options this week. Also, a couple notes. We do know that Jacoby Brissett will start. We do know that Terod Taylor will start. We do know also that Mason Rudolph will start, but I think I said that on the podcast yesterday. 
Moving over to running back, Christian McCaffrey, duh. Kyron Williams at two, he's had an he's had an elite season. And I think as we move into next week, so next week, again, I'm going to change podcast schedule up a little bit. We won't be doing five per week. I haven't decided if I'm doing two or three per week in the short term. Uh, probably three, at least through the NFL postseason to get y'all set up there and and roll through those weeks. And, you know, we can talk some more DFS and stuff like that as we roll through the NFL postseason. But regardless, I, I have to do like, you know, like the, the five biggest surprises. He will make that list. Maybe Rashad White makes that list as well. He's at number three. Uh, probably not. I mean, it's going to be like Flacco. It'll be uh, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams. Maybe they could be a joint, like co-listed. But regardless, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but why I say Rashad White is, you know, only two months ago or so, two and a half months ago, people were like, can I really even start this guy? Well, now, not only starting him, he's an elite option. Uh, Travis Etienne at four gets a fantastic matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Jameer Gibbs at five. Not a fantastic matchup, but he is playing amazing football. If it wasn't for C.J. Stroud, maybe Jameer Gibbs is the offensive rookie of the year. I know Puka Nakua is in that conversation as well, but Gibbs has been everything we've expected him to be. He's been spectacular. Alvin Kamara at six. He hasn't necessarily been spectacular, but the scrimmage yards, the play as a pass catcher, he's, you know, if it wasn't for some guy named Christian McCaffrey, we'd be saying, oh, Alvin Kamara is the best pass catching running back of his generation. He isn't, but I guess he's the second best. Uh, James Cook at seven. I do expect them to run the football a lot. He has been seeing massive volume here down the stretch. And it's not a bad game script against New England, at least projected. Jonathan Taylor at eight. He gets himself a nice spot here against the Raiders. I don't I don't know if Zach Moss plays or not, but I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor. Saquon at nine. It's one of those seasons, man. Saquon's so stinking good, but it, it feels like, I guess, the end of his career, like the good years are going to be squandered by lackluster teams. Yes, they made the playoffs last year, but obviously they exceeded expectations. He's so good, though. Had a pretty good game against the Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles, DeAndre Swift set up for a big one here, coming off of a really solid performance last week, and this week getting Arizona a nice matchup for him. Kenneth Walker at 11, very clearly ahead of Zach Charbonnet in the pecking order. Bijan at 12, can we can we go 18 to 20 touches, please? Can we just get 18 to 20 touches, or let's say 18 to 22? If we get that, Bijan can be extremely effective against the Chicago Bears. Joe Mixon at 13 against Kansas City. Well, we did just see Zamir White run all over him. I don't think Mixon's going to have that much efficiency, but you know, touchdown productivity has been there for him. Speaking of touchdown productivity, Raheem Mostert at 14, not an easy matchup against Baltimore, but if they get down there in the red area of the field, especially the goal line region, he's dangerous regardless of the defense on the other side of the ball, though he is more of an RB2 option this week. Brees Hall at 15, it's a bad matchup for him as well against the Browns. He did some spectacular things last week. That one touchdown was outrageous. It was like T. Higgins level outrageous. Uh, So talented. Unfortunately, a Red shirt year for the the Jets as a whole. Austin Eckler at 16. That backslide continues. Yes, he played a little bit better last week. It is Denver, but even here I can't trust him as anything more than an RB2. Tony Pollard gets a tough matchup at 17 against Detroit. Hasn't been a stellar season for him. Derrick Henry backsliding. He's down at 18 this week against Houston. He used to kill Houston, crush them. 
That's not the case this season, though he still has that touchdown potential. Aaron Jones, who at 19, coming off, well, his best performance of the season, gets Minnesota there in Sunday night football. I'm looking forward to New Year's Eve, by the way. So I'm going to do the TV show like I normally do. If you don't watch it, that other pregame show, CBS Sports Network, 8 to noon Eastern, we cover everything in football, all the football angles, the fantasy angles, the betting angles. It's a great show. But I'll come home from that, maybe do a little early dinner with the fam. And I told my wife, I'm like, you know we're going to be watching football until like, you know, like 11, 11.30. Like no Seacrest. We're going to be watching Green Bay with a little love action. Little, you know, forget about love actually. It's going to be some Jordan love action and Justin Jefferson and whatnot and Aaron Jones. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott at 20. Hopefully he catches balls out of the backfield because the run game just isn't working. But he did do that last week. Ty Chandler also in that Sunday night game at 21. We saw him score the touchdown last week. Was not the most productive player, though. So I think this is a reasonable expectation. Chuba Hubbard at 22. So the Jags are six and a half. Last I checked, I think it was six and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers. I don't trust that (laughs) at all. The Panthers actually kind of look good over the last two weeks, and Chuba has been a big part of that. He's a back-end RB2 play. Uh, Josh Jacobs tentatively at 23, Isaiah Pacheco tentatively at 24. There are a lot of moving pieces there. If Jacobs can't go, Zamir White moves into RB2 territory. If Pacheco can't go, Clyde Edwards-Alaire might even be a borderline RB1. We'll have to see what the model ultimately projects out, but Pacheco and concussion protocol, remember, we won't know much about that until tomorrow after tomorrow's practice. But if he can't go, you have you would have no Pacheco and obviously no McKinnon. He's on injured reserve. Clyde Edwards Lair, baby. Uh he's tentatively at 28, so he's in flex territory. He'd be a flex option even if Pacheco can go. Uh David Montgomery down here in a tough matchup. Devin Singletary, James Connor in a tough matchup. Both Pittsburgh Steelers guys like usual down in flex territory. Javante Williams down here. Uh, Devon Achan moved down into this area. It's a tough matchup, and obviously he's so boomer bust. Jerome Ford, Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert. I do have him as the best option in that backfield right now. Moving over to wideout, CD and Tyreek. You know, take take your pick. Doesn't doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm not going to argue one way or the other. And if you have both, obviously you're starting both. CD Lamb's season has been incredible, and. In some ways, because of Tyreek and and maybe maybe because of the offensive performance of Christian McCaffrey as well, slightly overshadowed. But look at what he has. So he has scored. He has scored a touchdown in each of his last seven games. Uh, he has eight of his last nine, uh, eleven touchdowns over that span. It's it's just insane. It's insane. And then on top of it, for the season, one hundred and nine catches, back to back. 100 catch seasons. He's got 14, 24, and nine touchdowns. So very likely double-digit touchdown season. Could have a 1,600-yard year. Could have 125-plus catches. I mean, just insane. Really, really impressive. Uh, Tyreek, you could have him at 1 and 1A. I technically right now have CD at 1 and Hill at 2, but who cares? Justin Jefferson at 3, though this will be impacted by the quarterback situation. A.J. Brown at 4. We saw how last week, like, first half, not that good, but he can turn it on seemingly at will. Amon Ra at 5. Eight 100-yard games on the season for Amon Ra. 
Debo Samuel at six. Last week wasn't that great for fantasy. There's only one football, and they have four mouths to feed, but Debo has been spectacular down the stretch. Speaking of spectacular, Mike Evans. He's got 13 receiving touchdowns, and here's something that's kind of crazy. So that's the fifth time that he's top 12 in a single season, which is not the crazy thing. I mean, it's great, but it's not the crazy thing. His career high is 14. He did it in 2021 when Tom Brady was his quarterback. Not a huge surprise that he set a career high in, in receiving touchdowns with Brady. This year, he has 13. He has a chance of setting his career high with Baker Mayfield. He already has more receiving yards than in any season with Brady. He has 1,163. His top with Brady was last year, 1,124. He is four catches away from having tying, you know, so basically five catches away from having more catches in a single season than he had with Brady. He had 77 last year. I mean, this is nuts. It's awesome. I This is why I love football, man. Brandon Ayuk at eight. We know the ceiling there. Puka Nakua at nine, coming off a big one. And just absolutely rolling through this rookie season. Really fantastic. Chris Olave at 10, getting a very nice matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rashi Rice, the rookie season. He's having the season that a lot of fantasy drafters back in August were hoping Sky Moore was going to have. It's going to Rashi Rice. Stephon digs at 12. So sometimes our standards are too high. And I'll have another player about this in a moment. Our standards are too high. Y'all need to lower your standards. I've had people saying, yo, Stephon Diggs is falling off. Yo, he's not having a good... You want to hear the numbers? He has 96 catches for 1,070 yards. Okay, that's not massive. It's 11.1, but whatever. And eight touchdowns. So in other words, he is on pace for his fourth straight season with 100-plus catches. He's on pace for his, maybe, his third straight season with double-digit touchdown receptions. And he already has his sixth straight season with 1,000-plus receiving yards and likely will be in the range of 1,200 yards. Like, in 2021, when everybody thought he had a great season, he had 103 catches for 1,225 and 10 touchdowns. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, lower your standards maybe a little. Like, he's still having a very good year. Michael Pittman at 13. Do expect him to play this week. Cooper Cup at 14. Uh, you know, hey, one of them eats, maybe the other doesn't, and I do give the slight edge to Puka, but, you know, Cup can go off at any point as well. Speaking of going off, Amari Cooper went bananas last week, though he gets the Jets this week. DK Metcalf at 16, he's been scoring touchdowns left and right down the stretch. Devontae Smith, who got in the end zone last week at 17, DJ Moore at 18, he apparently with Fields is uh, not completely matchup proof. Atlanta, he should see some A.J. Terrell, but we know what the ceiling is with D.J. Moore. Devontae Adams came back to earth last week in a very tough matchup against Legereus Sneed. Uh, he comes in at 19 this week with Farva under center against the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. It's not a bad spot, but he's really boom or bust. So is T. Higgins at 20. Very, very boom or bust at 20. Uh, Higgins getting Kansas City, getting that Legereus Sneed matchup. But as we know, he may only need one play to give you an entire week of fantasy production. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 21 did not perform well in that revenge game uh, the a few weeks ago when he faced his former team, but still a wide receiver to play. Could have Levis back this week. Nico Collins at 22. Uh, now, he probably will move up. Like I wasn't quite sure when I did initial rankings if Stroud was going to play, but it looks like 
that is going to be the case. So Collins would likely move up a few spots, though he'll still be a wide receiver too. Chris Godwin, the volume has been good here recently at 23. Calvin Ridley, oh, boomer bust at 24. Uh, could be worse. He will move down if Trevor Lawrence can't go. Tentatively have Trevor Lawrence in projections, by the way. Garrett Wilson at 25, kind of a lost season for them. and doesn't help the cause that Trevor Simeon will be starting. Uh, Zay Flowers at 26, coming off a good game last week. You know, in a very tough spot. We know how good he is, and that could be a shootout. George Pickens at 27. This is because Mason Rudolph is starting. If it was Kenny Pickett, no thanks. But because it's Mason Rudolph and his big deep ball, that helps George Pickens. I tentatively had Keenan Allen at 28. He'd obviously move up if he starts, even with the quarterback situation with Easton Stick. It's still, you know, it's up in the air, though. Tyler Lockett at 29. Deontay Johnson at 30. Terry McLaurin at 31. Having Jacoby Brissett actually helps. I don't like love Terry McLaurin, but at least I'm I'm more confident with him being that they have Jacoby Brissett starting. Brandon Cooks at 32, Adam Thielen at 33. I mean, you know, he's he's definitely come back to the pack, but he's just, he is coming off a good game last week. Drake London at 34. I, Taylor Heineke's dink and dunk. I just don't like it. Uh, Cortland Sutton at 35. Can't go any higher with Jared Stidham under center. Jaden Reed tentatively at 36, but a lot of moving pieces with injuries there. Romeo Dobbs could end up being the best play if Reed can't go. Dontavian Wicks is banged up. Christian Watson's banged up. So it's a, a rough situation there. But believe it or not, it could come all down to that. It, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, we could have a lot of people out there with you know, Justin Jefferson for sure. Could have a lot of these. Uh, Packers wide out slash running backs in this in this one. Maybe Jordan Love, who knows? Maybe Nick Mullins, who knows? Uh, maybe Ty Chandler, but of course not TJ Hawkinson. I'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Flexworthy, Rashid Shaheed, Noah Brown, Jackson Smith and Jigba, our buddy Gabe Davis, play him at your own risk. Jacoby Myers, Rob, Romeo Dobbs, who I mentioned, could move up. Josh Palmer, KJ Osborne could also move up. So that's what I wanted to get into. There isn't a TJ Hawkinson replacement. Like Josh Oliver's not starter worthy this week with Hawkinson out for the season. I'm going to have to talk more about him next week when we talk about 2024 rankings because the start of his season could be you know, in question for sure. So we're keeping an eye on Jordan Addison. If Addison cannot go and Mullins does start, then K.J. Osborne is going to move way up. I don't quite know exactly where, but if you have him on benches right now, keep that in mind. Uh, Josh Downs. Curtis Samuel, Demarcus Robinson, Demario Douglas, maybe Jerry Judy, although probably not Jerry Judy uh, right now, given the quarterback situation. Okay, this week at tight end, because Hawkinson is out and Cole Komet is banged up, we're you know we're still up in the air with him, but there are ten tight ends that I am confident in. Travis Kelsey is the number one. People, again, need to lower their expectations maybe a little bit. Not everybody's going to put up video game numbers every week, every season. And that applies to Travis Kelsey. Like last week, he had five for 44. And yeah, is for him, is that disappointing? Yes. But for most tight ends, you're like, all right, I'll take it. On the season, he has 90 catches. He has 968 receiving yards. Okay, he only has five receiving touchdowns, but... He's going to have more catches, and that's in 14 games, by the way. He's going to have 
more catches almost certainly than he had in 2021. He may or may not top the yardage total from that year. It's just that he hasn't scored as many touchdowns. He's still having a great season. He very likely will top 100 catches again. He will top 1,000 yards again. And if he does that, that's each of the last eight seasons. He's top 90 catches in each of the last six seasons. He's topped 80 catches in each of the last eight seasons. I mean, the numbers are, they're Hall of Fame worthy. He is 34 years old. Okay, getting a little bit older, but come on, come on. All right, now that that's out of the way, uh, George Kittle, uh, here, here's the list of guys that I like. George Kittle, Trey McBride, and it's a great matchup against Philly. He had good volume last week as well. Sam Laporta, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, man, I love that Joe Flacco has uh, brought life back to J- David Njoku. Jake Ferguson, Isaiah Likely, Dallas Goddard, and Dalton Schultz. So those are the 10, and I feel good about those 10. If I don't have those guys, and Cole Komet, you know, we'll see what happens with him. If I don't have those guys, there are not a lot of streaming options out there this week. Darren Waller would be the top one. I didn't have him in the waiver column, though, because he was widely picked up. But if he's out there, he's your top streamer. If not, Gerald Everett, Dalton Kincaid's not a streamer, but he's down in streamer territory. Kyle Pitts, too. Uh, but maybe these guys were dropped. Maybe. And then the only other option would be Chica Conquo. Like, I don't want to go into the Pat Fryer mood, Taysom Hill, Kate Otten, Logan Thomas, Jawan Johnson. I don't want to go down into that territory. If I'm down in that territory, I know I'm already going to take an L at tight end. And if it's anything better than an L, then I'm happy. But I really don't want to be in that territory. The one name you might be thinking, well, why didn't you say him is Tucker Craft. I didn't say him because there is the possibility of Luke Musgrave returning. If Musgrave does not return, then yes, Tucker Craft would be in the list. In fact, I'd have him right there with Gerald Everett behind Darren Waller and ahead of Chica Conquo, but that is up in the air. So we'll stay tuned on that. All right, so tomorrow on the podcast, I will be back. I'm going to break down the latest injury intel. We'll talk wide receiver cornerback for you. Friday, of course, we'll have the, the flagship where we break down all the remaining games on the slate. Big one coming at us here. Big one coming at us. In the meantime, follow along with me on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe, on Instagram at Jeff Ratcliffe, the website, of course, where you can get the rankings updates, ftnfantasy.com, and I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of The Pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out. 